What year is this? You like, you like the, the juice? juice? Uh, I don't. I'm conflicted about this juice, and I'm definitely thinking we get, we're going to need more than one episode to suss it all out. This juice. Hot take. I didn't like this. <laughs> I mean, well, okay. I I wasn't. I didn't like it the it. first time I saw it. I didn't like it the second time I saw it. It was weird because I I wasn't liking it for completely like polar opposite reasons from like the seventeenth episode to the eighteenth episode, but that literally that very end, which kind of validated a lot of my theories, I feel like, uh, kind of pulled it together for me a little bit. I'm I'm at least more interested to talk about it now than I was while I was watching it. Like I was dreading talking about it as it was going, but I don't know. I think I got a better handle well, on it. I don't know. I mean, we will have to dissect all those driving scenes in the finale. Um, but I, I had the exact same feeling watching this that I did the first time I watched it, where I was like, okay, uh, I guess that's it. And I'm not really interested in any more. Like, I just, I, I lost, like, all interest in Twin Peaks after I watched the, the finale of this the first time. I didn't think of, like, I didn't, I stopped, like, going online and looking for theories. I was just like, Fuck it. Like, whatever that was, it's over, and I guess I watched it. Well, I don't know. I feel like part of it, a big a big part of it for me is a guy with a green hand just punched Bob in the ball in the face until he shattered. And it, Yeah, you didn't, you didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> well, I actually kind of did. Only because, like, I think in my head, I I don't know if I articulated it out loud, but I thought, like, if the only reason... I think we... Did we even say that? If the only reason he's here is to punch Bob in the face, then that's gonna suck, and that's basically all he was there for. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's a character we've never like, been introduced until episode 14... In episode, what, like, 15, he's like, hey, here's a dude with a Hulk hand. And then in episode 17... Bob shoots out an evil coop, and the guy with the hall can punches the Bob orb. And what? That's fucking storytelling now? And you know, I know I said it as a joke before, but like, wouldn't it have been so much better if it had been Nadine and the shovel? That would have been great. Or fuck, what the fuck is James Hurley doing there at all? Or make that like, character James. You know, he was in a, a yeah. motorcycle accident. Make, make, make him have a vision of the, the giant in that moment. And that's what brought him back to Twin Peaks, and yeah, right. And then they surgically attached the glove to his hand or something after uh, to, after the accident, because there's no reason James has to be there. I remember last week we were, I was like really excited because it was like it was building to something last week. Last week was like Avengers: Infinity War, where it's like, oh shit, everybody's coming together and we're gonna reach the climax. And uh, this was like. 
Um, I don't like know. Like Avengers fucking, Endgame, where it was just sort of not not even that. I was gonna say like it's fucking Justice League. Like, what the fuck happened here? And not like even the good Joss Whedon version, but the shitty Snyder Cut version. No. <laughs> yeah, everybody's approaching on the sheriff station. We got all the fucking characters. Oh, shit. Coop's there. Truman's there. Andy's there. Evil Coop is there. Um, fucking Hawk's there. Uh, Chad and is in the basement with the guy with the hole in his face. James is there with the Hulk hand guy. Everybody's at the sheriff's office. What the fuck did James do? Why did James need to be there at all? See, and to be like, fair... It seemed like the fireman was like... When I was watching, it seemed like everything was coming into place. Like, this was the fireman's grand scheme. He was like, I have set all of this in motion for this moment to get everyone to the sheriff's department. I got the guy with the Hulk hand here. He's ready to punch the Bob Orb. Oh, shit. I better make sure James Hurley's fucking there, too. Yeah, I I guess other than the fact that James was the guy who knew Freddy... But like you could have just easily again as a, from a story perspective, you could have just not had Freddie be there and had one of the main characters have served that role. Yeah, and then that, now that it's all wrapped up, it's like I, I yeah, we're gonna do. I think we're gonna talk about these two episodes this week. Next week we're gonna talk about the whole show because this is like the was the biggest fucking letdown because it's like I watched eighteen episodes for this. Why did I have to listen to James Hurley's song? Why did why did James they tease that James is cool and he's always been cool in the first episode? And I'm like, all right, so James is gonna be like something in this show, right? No, he's like a fucking glorified cameo. He's in the background. And I don't want to center so much of it around James because I feel like we've already established enough that we hate James, always have and always will. <laughs> no. The pl- I've always hated James, and David Lynch is like, you know what he wants in the return? More James. Because, like, I was digging it up until that final sort of battle scene. Like, all the setup to it of, like, everybody's coming to town, and the, the, the foreboding nature of, like, like Coop gets, evil Coop gets there first, and they don't know he's evil Coop yet. Like, they have their suspicions, but they're still happy to see him, and he's pretending. And all of it, and I think there was the, the moment it kind of struck for me was, well, I don't know. It was either when fucking uh, uh, Truman's hat popped up like a cartoon. Yeah, that was a bad moment. Or when suddenly uh, real Cooper, I assume real Cooper's face was superimposed on the screen. And it took a while for it to kind of do anything. And it doesn't really do much. But I was like immediately questioning like, okay, what does this mean? And it seemed like everything after that... Okay, well, we're going to get into analysis a little bit here, but like, I, and because it's telling that the thing he says in that sort of super first thing is we all, we live inside a dream, which is the same thing David Bowie says. And I don't want to give the literal, obvious, bad interpretation of that, that that's a, that's a reveal that this is all a dream, this whole show. What else could that be? Because... Because, like, as that was happening, like, everything after his face is superimposed, it feels like the Wayne's World, like, way too happy ending. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's deliberately not real. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I want to kind of get your Everybody's take on it. Everybody's smiling and hugging. And I don't know yeah, if no, that um, mitigates what, what the, the shittiness of this part of the ending. Like, like, we have this big, bombastic, almost superhero comic ending, but then the show's telling us, no, this isn't real. I don't know what that means, though. Yeah, neither, neither do I. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. But um, for me, the show jumped the shark when Jim fucking Belushi walked back in. 
I wrote it down. I was like, oh, Jim Belushi walks in for no fucking reason. Why were they there? Why were, Why did the Mitchum brothers have to show up for Bob's, the ending of Bob? Well, I, I have an idea about that. Again, if we're kind of assuming that, well, I, and I have an idea as far as the it's all a dream thing too, because I don't think it's a dream in the, the sense that like Space Cadet thinks it's all Audrey Horn's dream. I don't think it's like that. I think I have a different interpretation of that. But I, I think the I think the more clearer and are like what I got for if it's anyone's dream, I think it's Laura Palmer's dream, right? I don't think no, I don't think it's a person. Well, I don't think it's a real person's dream. I think it's the I think the fireman is the dreamer. I think Twin Peaks is the dream and the real world is Judy's evil fucking world. Uh, I don't think they went to another dimension when they crossed over. I think they went into the real world from the dream world that is Twin Peaks. But we'll get to that in the yes, second I episode. Think, yeah, I think I think at the very end they're I think they're in our world at the very. Well, end. Well, I don't know that. I don't um, think it's anyway. our world necessarily. I mean, it is, but it isn't. But but I think. But my 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 point is that moment where everybody's there. The fact that everybody's there, and because right after that he says like I'll see you at the curtain call. I think that's kind of what that's meant to be. Like, this is the end of this world that was kind of like a play within a play almost. And this is when all the cast comes in and takes their back. I think that's what that was meant to signify. Yeah. Well, I was going to get into that later. But yeah, the clock stops at 2.53 at the beginning of this episode. He says 2.53. That adds up to 10, the number of completion. So yeah, I, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But I think at that moment, the story of Twin Peaks is over. Like, it's just done. There's no more Twin Peaks. And the world and literally, like, fades away. Hits, yeah. When the clock hits 2.53, there is no more Twin Peaks. Like, it's just done. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're officially done with this. Um, but anyway, let's start with episode 17, because there's some stuff we need to talk about. Um, it starts off with... Go, see, none of this shit matters anymore because of the, <laughs> the ending. But um, Gordon Cole talking about Jalde and Judy, um, I guess, is important. Well, in the sense that we now, I think that's basically confirmation of everything we've been saying, or at least I've been saying, about that creature is Judy, the the mother box creature, whatever, the experiment who, that is possessing Sarah Palmer. All of that is the same thing. The, the weird symbol over the mountains, that's all Judy. Now, we're... we're the theory was that it's possessing uh, Sarah Palmer, and I know that's, like, the general consensus, Um but that's never been like confirmed anywhere. I feel like this episode so that's just still fucking just confirmed a theory. it. Uh, I think but the very think... last scene of the episode fucking confirmed it for me. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I know. Well, because the the final dossier, I guess, confirmed that the bug or the girl that had the bug crawl in her mouth was Sarah Palmer. But is there's no indication that that bug is Judy, right? Well, I think. Well, because here's my here's my thing. Here's my problem with that interpretation. So that means, and I'm I am planning to like rewatch the series with the return in mind, and like you know, kind of see what David Lynch was working with. Um, but if, if that means that Sarah was Judy and Leland was Bob for this whole fucking time, and they never knew that. Well, no, Sarah wasn't Judy. I mean, Sarah was Judy, but it was it wasn't it hadn't taken her over yet. I think the idea, at least my my theory with that is, the bug had to kind of grow. It had to be fed. I don't think Sarah was uh, was possessed by Judy full time the whole time. I think 
that's what the white horse means. The white horse is a warning that Judy is near. And every time a significant trauma would happen that would feed the the bug inside of her Garmin Bosia to turn her into a host for Judy, that horse would appear. It would only ever appear to her twice when the two girls were murdered. And and that's clearly, we, we see that in the fucking Judy world, that the horse is everywhere. Uh, so, you know, I, I think... I think the idea is that 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 Bob was sort of helping to facilitate, you know, that that process of of turning Sarah's body into a, into a, a suitable host for Judy, which it, by the time of the return it is. I guess I don't know, but but um, the one thing I did take note about in this Gordon Cole scene was that so this has never been brought up before, but I guess Briggs, Cooper, and Cole were putting a plan together to find Judy before Briggs um, went into the lodge the first time. So that he's ref- he's talking about season two, right? Well, I think it... Did he say it was before Cooper disappeared or before Briggs disappeared? He's, both. He said me and Major Briggs and uh, Agent Cooper were putting a plan together to find Judy before something happened to Major Briggs and then something happened to Cooper. So I, th- I the way I interpreted that was he's referring to, like, I guess after... Leland Palmer died in season two. We didn't see this happen, but we're now learning that they knew about this shit all along. So that's kind of interesting. If I'm going to rewatch season two with that in mind, that in the background of all this, Agent Cooper's also aware of a fucking demon. Well, it's also weird just how much now in the, with the breadth of it, with it all there, how much Cooper knew and at what point did he know it because like he knew who freddie was when the fuck did he learn that like so i'm thinking of that i'm guessing the fireman told him so that i'm guessing because the fireman told andy the whole plan and i think the fireman told coop the whole plan so So i think that's uh, yeah that's what i thought at least so i guess my question is that scene in the very beginning of the show the where the fireman gives him all the clues and they all kind of mm. come back in this last episode. We hear the sounds. That's right before uh, Laura dis- disappears. Uh, we get 430, which is the the distance towards the portal. We get Richard and Linda, which apparently was not Richard Horn. And the one Linda that was mentioned, it's these two other Richard and Lindas. Uh, yeah, it's a Richard and Linda from an alternate dimension or something. <laughs> but anyway, all of that stuff was... When was that scene... I'm wondering if, because I, if Cooper sort of fades away in the exact same way that he fades into the past when he goes back in time. I'm wondering if that scene was actually right before he went back in time, because it's also in black and white. I think it's like chronologically like right before he appeared in the woods to to get Laura Palmer. Like he went from talking to Philip Jeffries to uh, meeting with the firemen to being in the forest. Yeah, well, also, you know, just time works weirdly in the lodges, so who the fuck knows? But, yeah, no, I don't I don't think this series is told chronologically. We didn't talk about it, but there is, like, evidence of that in one of the episodes where um, Bobby Briggs uh, talks to Big Ed, and he just mentions, like, oh, yeah, we're working on something that my dad found. But that was, like, two episodes after they found it. Yeah. So I think there's, like, there's, that scene we first saw with the fireman talking to Coop that didn't happen at the beginning of, of all this. Yeah. I think that happened right before he went on this mission. Like the fireman was like, remember this shit. 
Well, I read an interview with David Lynch who said you, this was designed so that you could watch them any episode in any order. Like, you could watch it out of order and it would still make as much sense. Which I feel like in retrospect what? you probably could. <laughs> maybe. I, guess, I mean, once you know where it's going, maybe, I guess. But uh, but here's the other reason why I think the, the last scene and everything validated my, the Sarah Palmer as Judy thing. Because remember, Evil Coop is looking for Judy. And he thinks he when he goes into that portal i think the implication of that scene because remember like the the fireman looks at a photo a thing of, of laura of sarah palmer's house or laura palmer's house the palmer house yeah and then he like is, so yeah we finally uh, i was gonna just set it up for the audience we finally figure out where the coordinates lead they do lead to um i think i said that the jackrabbit's Jack, palace yeah yeah not jackrabbit's palace but jackrabbit's palace led to the thing the the little gold circle of sludge um, which I'm get I'm guessing is the White Lodge, right? I believe that is the portal to the White Lodge, which is uh, the Giants Theater dimension. But right. so the last time we saw it, Andy got sucked up in there, and he was just hanging out with the firemen, getting clues. This time, when we see it, Evil Coop shows up there, and he gets caught in a cage, and he's right next to uh, a big fucking head of Major Briggs. Which, I mean, I'm fine with this. It seems like, I wonder if this feels like like a, a inspired by like a David Lynch painting or something. It feels like a composition, like more than a, an actual scene of anything. But the the thing in this scene that I wanted to focus on was, it seemed like the, the giant, the fireman, like diverts Evil Coop. Like he sends him to, because when Evil Coop comes out of here, he appears outside of the sheriff's station, which I think that's what the giant's doing. It's like sending him there rather than where he was going, which appears to be the Palmer household. Right. So yeah, when when Evil Coop enters the portal, uh, I guess the fireman set a trap for him or something. Um, because yeah... <laughs> I guess, I guess the visual language indicates that Evil Coop was headed to the Palmer House, which, well, I guess we'll talk about that when we get to the last one. So, yeah, he's looking for Judy, so I guess he's going to the Palmer House to find it. But the giant just, like, fucking Tinder swipes left and sends him to the sheriff's station, which is where he put all his people. So, and, and that's another problem with this. It's just the conclusion of all of this just doesn't feel exciting at all. Because it's like, oh, that was it? It's like this whole thing we've been following, the giant was just like, nah, fuck it, you're going to the sheriff's department where I got the guy with the Hulk hand and he's going to punch you in the face. Yeah, I feel like it was a weird... Att- I, don't, I don't know that David Lynch cares enough about narrative to have made this narratively satisfying in the way that we both would want. And part of me feels like the way this ended... It almost feels like this is... A, and I mean, we keep imparting this on David Lynch like his feelings about, you know, the show and the, his fans and whether or not he's trolling people or anything like that we talked about uh, was the, 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 the Quentin Tarantino stuff. Was that a, a knock on him? Like any kind of the meta stuff. But watching that ending, it felt like this was him kind of like all the people that hated Fire Walk With Me because it didn't wrap up the storyline. This was him going like, see, this is what you fucking wanted, you assholes. <laughs> see how shitty I, this I is? Kind of, yeah. I, I had that same interpretation when I saw it because it it does it it wraps it up so nicely because yeah even at the end everybody shows up fucking Jim Belushi's there and they're all, it's like the ending of a Wizard of Oz where it's like oh you were there and you were and Jim Belushi was there <laughs> and it's just way too happy so yeah I my interpretation was that was David Lynch saying like 
Yeah, you, you know, you, a lot of your problems were that, like, I didn't resolve things, you know, like I left you with questions. Well, this is what it's like when I give you answers. It sucks. Well, even the, st- the thing at the very beginning where David Lynch is talking about Zhao Day and Judy, the reluctance on his face, like, I, that's David Lynch's reluctance. It feels like him giving this exposition feels like, fine, I guess I'll tell you what Judy is, you fucking urchins. It is, and he does it in the least exciting way possible. He just says it. He's just well, like, he does make a pretty funny Judy dick is. joke right before. <laughs> That's true, but yeah, it's just like boring exposition from David Lynch, and it's in episode seventeen. We're we're heading towards the ending, and he's just like, oh yeah, you want to know who the uh, fucking thing was? Oh yeah, it's this uh, you know thing. It's a, it's this ancient evil creature. force that. Yeah, hmm. that's all it is, really. Um... So yeah, now so now Evil Coop he gets he was on his way to the Palmer House, which yeah we'll talk about the Palmer House at the very end. Um, but he gets diverted to the sheriff station where all our buddies are there. Um, everybody thinks Evil Coop is real Coop. Uh, what else happens? Chad escapes from jail. Uh, Andy remembers the fireman's message. Um, I didn't want to talk about any of this, but <laughs> stop me if you do. Uh, well, I mean, we got more of the weird guy in the prison cell that repeats everything. We didn't get any kind of resolution to that, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, but when he starts... I was worried he's going to rip his face his off. Scab. I was waiting for him yeah, to do the that thing just that gross. Sarah Palmer did, where, like, he actually literally ripped his face. That's what I was thinking. Like, is that the implication there, that he was trying to rip his face off, like fucking the Palmers do? Oh, no. And now that you know that, like, nothing comes of that character, are you happy he was introduced at all? Well, I mean, it was still a lot of fun weirdness. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't add anything, but I mean, I liked it while it was happening. That, which is kind of the, know, the feeling I have for a lot of this. I know, and that was my biggest problem watching it a second time was like seeing stuff and going like, "Yeah, I don't think that gets resolved. I don't get think that gets resolved." And then with this guy, I was like, "Maybe I forgot something. Like maybe this guy comes out of the cell and he he, but he doesn't do anything. He just sits in the cell and repeats stuff." So I guess we can interpret that like maybe he's a Dougie Jones type, but well, I, I definitely that's think just that's, fun in our imaginations. Well, that's the thing, because and we were talking about that because originally my thing was, oh, is he a tulpa? And then my realization that no, Dougie Jones doesn't talk like that because he's a tulpa. He's not. That's Coop, and he talks like that because he came back wrong. Because when you travel through the electricity as a human, and you know you're you're fucked up, you're on the wrong wavelength. And I, so I think that I, I definitely think that's what we're supposed to take from that character. Why is a different question, but yeah, there's no real reason for it. There's it's no doubt in my mind that he's suffering from the same thing that Coop was while he was Dougie. Maybe I guess I don't know. It's but if you're not going to do anything, why introduce it? But then on the other hand, like there was stuff that was introduced in Fire Walk with me that just got paid off in this epi- in this series, so. Well, maybe he's like just leaving the door open for stuff. But the thing is, I am giving David Lynch enough of the benefit of the doubt that when there's shit like that, it is explaining aspects of the world that I don't understand. So like that makes like there's a reason for that to be there. And if you understood what it was, you'd be like, oh, well, of course, that guy explains that thing. I just don't have that piece of the puzzle. So it's not satisfying for me. It just it's just a weird mystery. Yeah, and this is why I want to do a recap episode next week, because next week we're going to talk about the whole series. Explain to me how the fuck Wally Brando fits in. <laughs> What's he explaining about the universe? Well, I... 
but some of this shit doesn't. And now that I've seen the whole thing, like for me, man, it's a letdown. I mean, you can love it all you want, but for me, I'm just like. I'm just disappointed in all of it. It's like, man, we watched 18 episodes. We were introduced to a lot of interesting characters, but at the end, I don't know, they go into another dimension at the, in the last episode and they drive their car around a lot. Like, I don't have any interest in watching this a third time. Well, here's what I will say. I, I, I definitely, I think we were pretty much on the same page when it comes to episode 17. I think I got a little bit more out of episode 18 than you did. Uh, just because I, again, I have my kind of overarching theory, which maybe when you rewatch the original series, we come back next week, you'll, uh, not that necessarily when I say agree with me, but at least maybe you'll have your own kind of semblance of that. But I don't know. I feel like as I was watching episode 18, I was like, yep, no, now I get that. Now I get that. Nope. I think that fucking Chalfont and Tremont, man. I've been talking about that for like weeks. That Chalfont and Tremont yeah. were fucking Judy. But I, I... And now she's in fucking Sarah Palmer's house and Sarah Palmer's clearly fucking Judy. <laughs> I'll, I'll go get to it. Yeah, that's no, fucking, I, that's... I guess, I guess maybe watching that for the first time was exciting. Um, when they, yeah, when she said Chalfont and Tremont, I remember the first time watching that going, oh shit. But, um, watching it this time, I was like, oh, I know what happens in the last scene. I'm just watching <laughs> fucking two people driving a car. Um, so it's like I knew the destination and I wasn't getting excited for it. Um, so yeah, now, so everybody's in the fucking sheriff station and then it's, yeah, it's resolved like there's like no fucking resolution. It's the stupidest resolution in the world. Coop just calls Truman and is like, hey, I'm on my way to the sheriff's station. And so now they're like, well, who's this Coop that's in the sheriff's station if this is the Coop on the phone? And then Lucy comes in and shoots him. And I did chuckle at the line when she says, I understand cellular phones now because that's it's a fucking payoff to just something in episode two. No, I, yeah, I definitely love that. Uh, honestly, and even... Like I was getting a little bit of an inkling when the hat popped up, like, oh, I don't know about this. But then even when like when the, the, the woodsmen come back in and they're doing their weird woodsman shit, and I'm like, oh, okay, something's happening. Like it was really, literally, it was until I went, oh, that, that's fucking. I think it was literally this moment that we're watching in the background where I went, fucking Freddy's there and he's got that fucking glove. That's where I remembered, <laughs> like, oh shit, I think that's what's happening. And that's when I and it and it pretty much played out exactly as I expected. And that's kind of when I. I lost all hope in this. Yeah, no, I and I knew that was coming because I remember that from watching it the first time. So every time I saw Freddy, I was like, "Hi, oh, jeez, like this is so lame." Because like I knew what was coming. I'm like, "This is the guy that punches the Bob Orb," and that fight was so uninteresting to watch. Did you enjoy watching Freddy fight the floating Frank Silva head at all? I did not. Not really. I liked, uh, like, when they kept cutting back to, like, that low angle on Coop, like, looking up. Like, there's some there's some interesting shots in it. But, yeah, overall, no, I did not. I'm The more I think about it, the more I wonder, and this is something I do a lot with this show, where I chalk it up to aspects of David Lynch's philosophy when it comes to, like, transcendental meditation and all that stuff. Like, you know, like, the big, the ocean that, that the the island that the fireman lives on, which we're assuming is the White Lodge, that's clearly a reference to... That's always how he characterizes the collective unconscious, which is the place we all go to when we dream. It's the other dimension of dreams, which is a big part of the show. I, I wonder, like, if, if that, like, the green-gloved man or something is some kind of facet of, like, Tibetan mythology that he's referencing that I just don't know about. See, I, I don't want to like apologize for this show anymore. I think this just sucked. Like I hated it, and but part of me thinks like maybe I was supposed to hate it, <laughs> but then I'm like, no, I just hated it. 
Well, at the, the one... I, and again, maybe if I sound like more of an apologist, because I'm not saying I like this. I did not. But to a certain extent, the fact that it clearly kind of breaks the world right after this, that, again, that, that superimposed face and the suggestion that, that everything that's happened here and is happening here is only one layer and there's a larger layer to it, we get, and we get a lot of that in the next episode, that helps it a little bit for me because I, I do think there is some semblance of you're not you're not supposed to feel comfortable with this even though it's like a, it's a resolution you're not supposed to feel resolved and i i like that clearly was deliberate to me i guess yeah cuz if it ended right there with everyone group hugging like that would be the worst ending ever yeah no if this was th- this and like and you could have technically done that you could have just had like it just cut the part where Laura disappears like he just walks her off into the woods or maybe they both disappear or something and that's the end of the show from a story perspective, it would work. Like I, I would, I would go. I guess that's the end of the show, or just end it with the time yeah. shift. You know, you don't need any of episode eighteen to understand any of that. So, in all honesty, I would have been happy if it ended with episode sixteen with Audrey Horn look uh, waking up. That was that. That was the best ending to any any episode we've seen. Yeah, like, but that was the only episode I think of the series that made me go like fuck. Like at the end, and if it ended there, that would have been perfect because. My favorite part of Twin Peaks is the very final shot. It's like, holy shit, that's the end. Like, I like when things end, like, abruptly with, like, leaving you going, fuck, what was that? Well, my only issue with that, though, is, again, I'm seriously chafing at the idea of it's all a dream in the in the Wizard of Oz sense. I don't think that's what it is, and I just hope, I don't want it to be that. And I feel like if you end it on Audrey, that's what it is. It was all Audrey's dream. Yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I would have been fine with that. <laughs> or maybe if, like, you did all of this and then, like, just we ended with Audrey or something. Or, you know, and you tied the Audrey storyline together with all the other things. Because that's the other thing. None of these storylines have been tied together. So when next week when we go through the whole season, there's going to be shit that I'm like, I hated this. I hated this. I hated that. I thought I liked this, but now I hate it. Like, these last two episodes just kind of, like, fucking bummed me out and made me, like, dislike this universe. And, again, I, I will I will reiterate my, my behind-the-scenes theory. I definitely think Diane was not a part of it, that it was all Audrey. That that was that, supposed to be... It would have worked better, I think. Does that not feel like but that's then, what it was supposed to be? That would have worked way better. Or if it was Donna or something. Someone we knew. My big problem with episode 18 is, like, this is Twin Peaks. Why are we watching Kyle MacLachlan and Laura Dern fucking? Well, like, why is that? I mean, I have some theories about that. And plus, I, and I'm just gonna throw this out here right away. We'll get to it when we get to it. But I don't think that was Diane either. I don't think we've seen Diane in this show. I think we saw a tulpa of Diane, and then we saw something like another tulpa. But I don't know. We'll get to that. There's, Good there's no that. way that she literally has the fucking white and black fingernail like of like the floor of the black lodge and her hair is fucking red like the curtains of the black lodge and that doesn't mean anything mm, could be um th- okay th- but yeah let's, some let's kind get of personification to that, um, of that all right so yeah we where we are in our <laughs> so the bob fight um evil coop gets shot uh the woodsmen uh, try to revive him the bob orb shoots out Everybody comes into the sheriff's department. They're all looking all around. And then Freddy, with the green glove, punches the evil Bob Orb into a million pieces. Um, Coop puts the ring, or Coop pops in 
um, puts the ring on Evil Coop's uh, finger. Evil Coop goes to the fucking uh, red room. And then we get all fucking weird because Coop gets the key to his old room from Sheriff Truman. And, yeah, then he's just superimposed as he looks at Nido. And we see the play scene play out, but we also see superimposed Coop's face. And also, since I'm watching it on my laptop, I'm also looking at my face in the reflection. So it's almost like I'm in Twin Peaks. Maybe I'm the dreamer. Well, and I think... Well, because I think... Well, okay, so... Because here's where, where I was confused at first. Because when he was superimposed on the screen, at first I thought, is that... Is that the coop from the Black Lodge looking at... Because later, later on, we see him in the Black Lodge again, and it's like an alternate version. And I was like, is this him from the Black Lodge looking into this world, realizing it's all a dream, and the Black Lodge is the real world, in a sense? Or like like everything that happened in this season was like some kind of weird tangent, and, and we're back? But when you look at that, that superimposed vision of him, Frozen, is him staring at Nido. And we, we then see her turn into Diane. So, like, that... It's him witnessing that transformation and, and that, that causes that realization that breaks reality that this is all a dream, that we live inside a dream. And what he's talking about is the world they're in now, Twin Peaks. And I think... I th- I, that's, what, that's why I think that's not Diane. I think that's some kind of spirit representing the Black Lodge that is breaking that reality for him. Yeah, because uh, what happens is Nido turns into Diane, but Diane with red hair, and then they kiss, which is like, what? I didn't know these two were like, fucking. Um, and then he asks if she remembers everything, and then the clock stops at 2.53, which is a, uh, you know, a, a time we've heard many, many times in the show. And then everything slows down, and Coop says we live inside a dream. And yeah, everyone shows up here. Like, not only the characters who were in the fight, but Candy shows up, Bobby Briggs shows up for no reason, and he's just like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, eh, Bob, we just killed a fucking demon. And he's like, oh, all right. And then uh, Cole and the whole FBI team show up, and then, yeah, fucking Candy and the the other whores just run in. And it's just such a weird scene, and I don't like it. Well, and you mentioned, like, they all show up like the Wizard of Oz. I think that's also a deliberate reference. To what? To the Wizard of Oz. I think that's very much a, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. I think that's that scene is meant to evoke that image. Cool, but did you like it? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't. I didn't like it one bit. I think I understood it, but I don't like it. See, and that other that other sequence, that the idea that it's like this weird rotten egg-looking thing with with Diane, red-haired Diane's face in it, I think that's showing us that, that this is the... the that that's not Diane. That's the Black Lodge. That's or some that that that's she's some kind of representation of that. All right. So let's try to explain this in like what's actually happening terms. Like not what like um I, I don't know, I, I guesswork I guess. Okay. So what's happening? <laughs> well, look at her fucking fingernails. That's what's happening. <laughs> Okay, well, the real, uh, the Diane Tolpa had those fingernails. Were they, like, that color, though? Yeah, they were all white and black. Yeah, I, I pointed that out in, uh, one of the episodes we watched, and you were like, what? That's stupid. And I was like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I didn't react so I was like, like what that. are fingernails? 
Um, but no, that combined with the hair, that that tells me at least something. I, I don't know. I feel like that can't be coincidence. Uh, but or she's another seed because. Um, well, I guess that that happens in the next episode. But I guess all these tulpas are created by seeds. And am I wrong in thinking there's like numerous coops, numerous Dianes? Like this, these aren't the only the ones that we've seen. The versions of Coop and Diane that we've seen aren't the only ones that exist. Well, can I tell you why I think you think that? Because here's another theory that I think I already I I also suggested as a joke that I think might be real. That's the beginning of the next episode. I don't think the coop we see in episode eighteen is is coop. I think I think he switched. I think the real coop is living with Janie E, and he sent his fucking tulpa to get Laura Palmer. That's a good theory because because um, all right, that that's a better theory than mine because my theory was that coop's just a shitty detective. <laughs> <laughs> but if it makes better sense if the real coop is is with Janie E, I actually like that that interpretation better. But well, just the fact that the, the coop the in that episode does not act like Cooper at all. Yeah, and I think well, uh, we'll get to because there's also a point where Diane sees her duplicate and whatever that means. We'll get to that. But yeah, I definitely think I'm I'm of the 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 mind that that was not our coop. Well, that's a happier interpretation because, I, I the, like the general consensus cur- interpretation is if that's really Coop, then he just fails. He fails in his mission, and he's kind of like destined to repeat it. Right? Like this whole thing is just kind of circular. Like he's just kind of doomed to keep failing on his mission to save Laura Palmer. But if the real Coop is like fuck all this shit, I'm gonna fuck Naomi Watts some more. Well, it's that plus. I also think. I don't think he necessarily failed because what we have to we have to keep remembering is that Laura Palm there are two Laura Palmers. There is the Laura Palmer that we know as the real human girl and then there's the weird glowing orb lodge entity Laura Palmer that was created by the firemen that was sent to inhabit the body of Laura Palmer, the cousin who looks just like Laura Palmer but and remembers her but is different. That being is what was taken from the red room, and I think I think that what happened like when when Laura Palmer's taken and uh, for, when he's leading her away, and she's she disappears. And you hear the the like cricket sounds or whatever they are, and then we hear the scream. I think that's happening simultaneous with Laura being the lodge entity being ripped away from the lodge in the first episode. I think those are like the same moment yeah. in different places. I, I I think that's right because you hear this uh, the scream. It's the same scream that we hear when she's taken from the lodge, and you also hear the same rustling of the curtains. So yeah, I think we're seeing that scene from two different, I guess, universes or dimensions. I guess we're seeing what happened in the lodge part of that scene, and then we also saw what happened in the real world when she got, I guess, taken. So what I'm saying is I don't know that the Laura Palmer that has the other identity, the Carrie Page version has the entity Laura Palmer inside of her or not, or is just the body that was taken and placed in another place. Maybe, but again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> because Coop needs to still go back in time. Yeah, everything's wrapped up in the first half hour of episode 17. Evil Coop's dispatched, everybody's happy. But then Coop's like, hey, uh, you got that room key? I'm going to use it to open up this mysterious door in the basement of the Great Northern that 
has just appeared. We've never set this up. Well, I guess we did set it up. James went down there and like heard the Yeah, hum. that's why James is important because he saw the door in that one scene. <sighs> I guess. So, I mean, that might be cool to watch this show. Um, um, that might be cool to watch this show like um, or watch the original series knowing that the Great Northern has the, the entrance to the fucking lodges in, under in the basement. Well, and that hum, I remember I because I watched that third episode. It's in the original dream. That's you hear that when the when the little man rubs his hands together, and obviously they walk through the door, and fucking Mike, who is the host of the or Philip Gerard, the host of Mike the Little Man, is standing right behind it. So I think that's you know that's the connection there. Yeah, and the whole like the whole thing that happened with Josie. I mean, that makes more sense that they. You know, I always was curious of why Bob just, like, popped up in Josie's bed. Like, that didn't make any fucking sense. But now it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all, yeah. They have a passage to the Great Northern. Yeah, they're just, they kind of live in the basement, which is also the convenience store. Uh, so, yeah, Mike uh, takes Coop to the convenience store. Um, and then they meet Philip Jeffries, who's still a tea kettle. And Coop asks to go back to February 23rd, 1989, which was the night Laura Palmer was murdered. Yes. Um, so <laughs> what do you got to say about this? Okay, because there's a couple things that popped up in this scene. One, Philip Jeffries is a tea kettle. That's really never explained. Um, oh, we also get the, the, the weird mask guy running down the hall, or running down the staircase. The jumping man, we see the jumping man running down the stairs. Um, but Philip Jeffries clearly says, uh, if you see Gordon, he will remember the unofficial version, which I... <sighs> I want to get into that. And then he also says, this is where you'll find Judy. Um, but I, what is he referring to when he says, this is where you'll find Judy? Um, well, okay, here's the thing. I think, again, my theory is that Judy is that, that the, the entity Judy exists as an entity, but it wants a physical body. That's why it sent a bug into, into Sarah Palmer. It needed to like sort of fester inside of a body and feed it with with Garmin Bosia and feed it with with you know pain and suffering for years to to sort of build itself up, and the death of Laura Palmer was a big part of that because Sarah Palmer, who still believes she's the loving mother of Sarah, of Laura Palmer, when she suffers that death and then later on another death of her niece and then and then another death of her husband who's revealed to be the killer all of that pain and suffering is what's ushering it was what's getting her body ready to to serve as as Judy's host so the idea is you'll find Judy there because that's the night that the first night that that first big hit of Garmin Bosia happened that was the first time that that Judy pushed on that door to try to get into Sarah Palmer it was the first night we saw the we know that the white horse appeared you know, but I guess that fucks with my interpretation of what happens at the end of Fire Walk with me, um, because Bob kills Laura Palmer when she puts the ring on. Yes. So why why did he do that? Because if your theory is correct, then he kills Laura Palmer. That makes Judy happy, right? Well, I don't know that Bob knows any of what's going on with Judy. I don't because he he doesn't even know really who Judy is at the beginning of this. That's true. I guess that's true. So yeah, I th- then why is he looking for? Her? He just has a sense because it's his mommy. Well, I should point this out now. I read a little bit of the secret history in the last couple of weeks while we were off, and uh, I didn't finish it because it's boring as shit. But I did get to a part <laughs> where they reference. Something that, in retrospect, kind of sounds like Judy, 
and it's about there's like a female and a male evil force that are that if they ever mate will bring about the end of days. Oh, so you're t- wait a minute. Hold up. Yeah. Are you saying Bob and Judy are, are those evil forces? I think they are. Oh, that's no good. I think it's like an Oedipal fucking mother-son fucking thing that's going to be happening, and that's going to bring about the end of the world. Okay. So he, she was right under... I guess... Okay, so you're saying Judy wasn't in Sarah Palmer. So where's Judy now? I guess she's just an entity floating around. Well, now... And she's just waiting for Sarah Palmer to be ripe? Well, that's the thing. I think now she is in Sarah Palmer. I think... Or at least in the original timeline. But I think once you take Laura Palmer out of it, that takes away the 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 thing that led Judy to be able to possess Sarah Palmer in the present. And so that's why I think you see that moment when she's banging on the picture. I think that's like history's changing and I'm losing my purchase on this body. So I'm going to, out of spite, I'm going to take Laura Palmer away and back into my world where I'm getting sucked back into. All right. Um, so yeah, what happens is uh, <laughs> Philip Jeffries is like, all right, Coop, you can go back in time. Um, and then I, through electricity, they send him back in time. And I thought this whole sequence was pretty cool um, where they edit Coop into Fire Walk with me. And I really liked how they like solved a mystery that didn't need answered, I guess. Because in Fire Walk with me, there's a scene where Laura Palmer and James are making out. And then she sees something in the woods and she just freaks out and screams. And I always, I always, assumed, that, that was. I always assumed that was just some supernatural, like, like, like an owl or something, you know, something that... that was signifying the evil supernatural force. But yeah, to find out that that's Cooper, you know. Yes, she sees Cooper coming back in time to save her, uh, and she flips out at that. But then when she meets Cooper, um, she's kind of cool with it. Well, because remember, I mean, she, she, does she recognizes once. him from the dream. Because remember, she that's had true. the same dream he did in episode three. Right. Yeah, which I guess, is that a dream or is that just their memories of being in the lodge? I guess it's both. Yeah, I think dreams work differently. They, Yeah, they're just, your their dreams are our connection between these worlds, but the, the fact that you're dreaming it doesn't make it less real. Right. Um, okay, and then we see, so Coop takes Laura's hand and he says, I'm going to take you home. And when he does this, we cut back to the pilot episode of Twin Peaks, the original series, and um, Laura's body, the one that uh, shows up on the uh, shore wrapped in plastic, just disappears. Pete, we see Pete, he never finds the body. He just ends up going fishing. Uh, and so it's like, I guess this, the, in this universe, now that Coop has saved Laura Palmer, Pete just gets to go fishing. And I guess we'll never see how that universe played out. Well, I think that's what the, fi- uh, the final dossier is. Uh, in the final dossier, they never reference Laura Palmer's murder. They reference her disappearance. Oh, that's interesting. So it takes place in like the the alternate timeline created from this event. Yeah, from I've never read it, but from what I've heard, yeah. And then, um, so in the alternate history, Leland commits suicide like a year after her disappearance. Um, but yeah, like she was never murdered because they never found the body. Well, and my question there is, and I, I didn't know that. I, I have, like I said, I haven't read the final dossier yet, but. Leland Palmer kills himself. Is this also a timeline without Bob? Because if they kill... I guess they don't... Yeah, if they kill Bob in this timeline, is he still there in the other timeline, or is it because he's a lodge entity? My thinking is, like, 
if you're a lodge entity, you kind of exist out of time. If you if you're destroyed, does that mean you almost almost like you never existed? Like he never possessed Leland Palmer, so like that whole shit never happened. Or did he possess Leland Palmer but never had never got the chance to to kill Laura Palmer? Was that all it was? Because hmm, I don't know. Well. I guess it's probably everything that happened up until her death probably still happened because I think like I'm guessing the original plan was to go back in time and save her and then like just change all of the the course of history like Laura Palmer has never died but you know as we see in the final episode he never got her back well what know? is the what was the plan because he says I'm gonna take you home. And I took that to mean I'm going to take you back to the White Lodge because he was going into the woods and I was thinking he's going to take the golden glowing Laura Palmer home. But because like you don't take her home to the to Palmer household because that's where her fucking molester is. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because then he also says because um, in the episode 18 when Dougie or Coop or, you know, Tulpa Coop, whoever hugs Janie E at the beginning of episode 18, just smiles and says, home. Oh, I don't think that was the same home. I think that's his home now. Yeah, there was fucking I don't home. know. I thought that might be connected. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like... Now I'm just paying attention to this scene. I'm just thinking, because that's Ronette Pulaski. And remember, she was in a previous episode as a lodge entity who talked about her mother... I don't know if that means anything now or yeah. what, what the fuck that means. I, we'll we'll get to that next week. We can talk about that. We can talk about shit that we got wrong or <laughs> forgot about next week. Um, but yeah, episode, uh, we're at close to the end of episode seventeen. Because um, what happens? Oh yeah, and then we see Sarah Palmer just like smashing Laura Palmer's homecoming picture, the same picture we've seen at the every every episode of Twin Peaks. So. So what do you think's happening there? Sarah Palmer's smashing that picture just because she's angry that well, I think that, did this? Because I think the idea of Coop doing this is fucking up her plans. It's 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 sort of it's changing history to where she's not going to have Sarah Palmer's body anymore. So I think she is getting pulled back into her own world in that moment, and she's taken. That's her taking uh, Laura with her. Oh, okay. Well, okay, so those scenes are happening simultaneously. So Sarah smashing the picture is happening at the same time Laura disappears from Coop's grasp. It's literally like she gets done smashing it and then Laura disappears. So yeah, I think that's right. the depiction it's of... It's the next scene, but... Yeah. Yeah, you're just saying they, they happen at the same time, which which could happen because we see Coop starting to lead Laura, then we see Sarah smash the picture, then we cut back, and Coop is still leading Laura, so... I guess we could just assume that that was the moment that was Sarah. That's how I interpreted that anyway. Yeah, that's that that was what she was doing. I'll take it. Yeah, there was also weird editing in that scene where um, it was almost reminiscent of like when um, Winda Merle stabs Coop in the uh, in the lodge at the end of episode or the last episode of the original series, like going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, a little bit. Well, and and a lot of that is um, is. I like I didn't necessarily interpret that at the time, but it's more informed by the next episode, where it clearly feels like Laura Palmer or whatever version of her is in that world is like a prisoner in this other world. So I, my interpretation is she was taken there and put there in that prison by Judy. Okay, so she's literally she's smashing the picture to take Laura Palmer out of this universe. Yeah. 
All right. All right. Because, uh, yeah, then when we see Laura disappear from Coop's grasp, uh, we hear the sounds that the giant told him to listen to in the first episode. And then we hear Laura. Yeah, she's the same scream from when we saw her disappear from the lodge in episode one or two. It's the exact same scream. So also her exiting this reality also plucks her from the lodge and I guess brings her to that other reality we see in the next episode where she's a different person. Yes. Right? I think so. Okay. That's that's my uh, interpretation of it. I don't know if that's correct, but that's what I okay. got from it. I think that's the simplest interpretation. All right, so now let's talk about what the fuck happens in episode 18. Um, we start out evil coops destroyed, uh, and then <laughs> Mike makes another coop, and uh, that coop goes to hug Janie. Well, e. So you're saying I'm saying no. This is, this is the, the real coop. The coop that was just created as a tulpa is the coop we see for the rest of the episode. That would make sense because, I mean, you know, I keep saying that would make sense narratively, but so much of this fucking series doesn't make sense narratively. Um, but we spent so much time with Coop and Sonny Jim, you know, and then even at the end there was that heartfelt music and Coop was like, I'm your dad, I'm your dad. So that would make sense that he would want to go back there. And he also Unless says, he was just, I will be back. Like, why would he, he's not, he didn't yeah. lie to her. He said, I'll be back. And he was. Yeah, and then he was just like, oh, you know, I got a plan. I got a, don't worry. I already told Mike. Mike's already making another me. That me I'll send to the alternate universe. This me will stay here and well, fuck Well, remember, that's what tulpas are for. In real life, tulpas are, are thought forms that you create to travel to other realities. So yeah. I think he created a tulpa to send to another reality to go on the mission. All right. But do you think that was his plan when he woke up from the coma? I think so. All right. He was just like, all right, I I know what I got to do. I got to kill Bob. But after that, I ain't doing this whole fucking uh, Laura Dern thing and going into the other reality. Well, I don't think it's a question of him giving up. I think it's I think it's all for a purpose. I don't think he could. He should have gone himself. I think the idea is I'm going to send another version of myself. Well, that, that gets me to later on my theories as to what all this is. But... You know, I, I don't think he could have gone to that other world. Right. And also, Tulpas share at least some memories of the other person, right? I think they are they are whatever you want them to be. They can have all of your memories or, or none of them. Because, yeah, Diane st- still thought she was Diane. But Dougie Jones was living a completely different existence. But Diane didn't remember everything about her until Coop, Evil right. Coop wanted her to. Right. So I guess, yeah, you just control them and you can fuck with their heads. Yeah. I mean, if you're evil, you can do that. Or if you're regular Coop, you just, you give him, you know, a good personality and you send him on his way. Yeah. Um, all right. So then after, after Coop loses Laura, we go back to the Red Room where um, we cut back to Mike saying, is it future or is it past? Again, time works weird in the Red Room. Uh, and then the arm mentions, is it the little girl who lived down the lane? Uh, that was something Audrey said, right? Yes, but obviously, well, at first I just assumed it was always a reference to Laura Palmer. She, like, she's the little girl that lived down the lane. But now I'm wondering if it's meant to mean both Laura and Sarah Palmer. Sarah Palmer is also kind of the little girl who lived down the lane. Like, they have, like, sort of parallel, like, sort of arcs as, like, pawns of greater cosmic evil or greater cosmic good in the sense of Laura. Um, But then we also see... Uh, Laura getting sucked out of the red room again, but before she does, she whispers in Coop's ear, 
But this time it looks like Coop is disturbed by what she's whispering. In all other times we've seen this, he's kind of looked like happy and content. Well, okay. This is something that's confused me. Because this... I, I've always thought that that sequence was the same sequence as in the dream in episode three of the original series. When he sees himself in the future and she whispers something in his ear. And we know what she whispers. She whispers, it's my father who killed me. Right. Is that not that same scene? Or is, is that a repeat of that same scene where she's whispering something else? I don't know. I do not know. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a... I mean, um, to me, that that's just that scene played out again. It's just her whispering in his ear, my father killed me. That's what I thought. But why does Coop look scared when he hears it this time? I, I, did, he look, did he not look scared every previous time? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's just a matter of, like, different performances, but I think it's supposed to be the same scene. Oh, okay. Maybe. Because I always remember that scene, like, she whispered, my father killed me, and then, like, kisses him right after, and he's like, yeah, like, he smiles after she whispers. Maybe. I mean, if it's a, if it's meant to be a different iteration, then I don't know what else she'd be saying, unless she's telling him, like, the plan. But I think uh, he would already know that. She gets... But, yeah, she gets sucked out again, or for the second... I guess the same time, we just the second time we're seeing it and we also see Leland again saying find Laura so I'm thinking I don't know maybe this would be something worth rewatching this series for at least the first couple episodes I think when we first saw all of this in like episode two like we we weren't supposed to see it yet like I think it's happening now but we were seeing it then I think just to tease it maybe well, I don't. Well, because I remember, I think everything happened the same except there was an evil version of the of the the arm that sent him to the other world, and ultimately he wasn't able to leave because of. Uh, well, I guess that all happened after. I guess it it was the it was basically the problem was evil Coop was still outside, so none of this could happen. So oh, so he couldn't leave yet because he had he still had to destroy evil Coop. Yeah. Because his he couldn't leave the lodge for good until his doppelganger, which is which was destroyed, which it is now. So that's now he can finally leave. So yeah, he does leave the lodge, and he meets Diane, and they're like, "Yay, give me kisses!" And then they drive for a long time. Well, they drive for 430 exactly four hundred thirty miles, miles exactly. Yeah, which I guess that's something the fireman told him to remember. Okay, well here's here's my thing here. And this gets into who's the dream and who's the dreamer. I think, you cut back to the 1940s. Atomic bomb. All the evil gets thrown into the world. That is our world. The real world, effectively. Or it's still the fictional version of our real world, but it's the real world relative to Twin Peaks. The giant, the fireman, sees that happen and he goes... Oh fuck! Evil has entered the world. I gotta do something about it. We think he just creates Laura Palmer. No, he in that moment he creates Twin Peaks. He creates another reality, or he, or he maybe like expands the the White Lodge out to another layer. So there's another realm, which is which is where he sends Laura to. Which is there's like a there's a version of the world where like hope and joy and goodness is possible, and that's the Twin Peaks that we know. And evil shit's always trying to intrude into that that's why we get the shit like bob and everything but but that's that's the dream that that coop realizes we all live in and when they 
they cross to this barrier, they're crossing back into the real world, which has been owned by Judy since the 1940s. Okay, yeah, that's something I want to talk about next week when we revisit and we go back to the episode eight, basically. Like, what all was happening there? Because I think that was my original interpretation, is that, you know, he's not creating Laura Palmer, like, just, like... Laura Palmer's not that orb. That was the... It was the homecoming picture of Laura Palmer. It was the face of the show Twin Peaks. It was what every episode ended on. I think, yeah, he was creating the Twin Peaks universe in that, or the Twin Peaks show that we've seen, which is a universe in itself. Well, because that's... I think... Uh, when when David Lynch talks about movies, he always equates them to dreams. And I think it's it's telling that the giant, the fireman, watches all of our world through a movie screen. He dreams our yeah. world in the in the language of David Lynch. And I think that goes back to the, the Monica Bellucci dream. I think the idea of who is the dream and who is the dreamer, it's meant to go both ways. It's not meant to have an, a direct answer of, well, clearly David Lynch is dreaming all of this. I think it's as much David Lynch is a dream of Gordon Cole as Gordon Cole is a dream of David Lynch. I think the idea is that the the, the line between a dream and another reality doesn't really exist when you dream you just go to another place but it's a real place but they could they're also going to dream of you and you're in a real place when they're dreaming of you Mm. so the fireman has this other dream that is the world of twin peaks that we've been living in and maybe if you want to call the world they go into judy's dream world or her nightmare world where she controls everything and everybody's a fucking asshole you know that's that's the that's the closest thing to what we would call our world right um, so yeah, after they drive 430 miles, Coop and Diane, Coop just gets out of the car and he's like, yeah, this is the place. Kiss me. And then he's like, once we cross, it could all be different. And then they do a little more driving. They cross over and they get to a motel where Diane just sees another Diane and they start making out. Well, okay. Well, let's step, let's start with that. What do you think the other Diane is? Well, I have no idea. Cause I, it didn't really crystallized for me right away, but once I kind of thought this was Judy's world, because I, my, my first thing was like, okay, is this another Tulpa situation or what? And I'm wondering, is that her doppelganger? Because this is, this is Judy's world. This is where all the evil was let out. This is like, our doppelgangers are here. So like, she sees her doppelganger here because this is also sort of some... To the extent that this is the the evil world, this is also connected to the Black Lodge in that sense. What if it's because uh, <clears throat> my Twin Peaks is basically I've always thought of it as like a circle, like the end is the beginning is the end, especially because the time works differently oh. in the lodges. It's like you're always in the lodge, you know. <clears throat> so what if it's just like another Diane who's already done this mission? I don't see that. And it's like Back to the Future 2 where you're just seeing your your other self. I mean, it sounds hypocritical for me to say this considering we just watched Cooper change time to save Laura Palmer, but I feel like once you introduce like multiple time loops into it, it gets to a level of science fiction that I feel like, like I don't know that David Lynch would, would necessarily be about that. It just doesn't sound like Lynch to me. I don't know. <clears throat> we have multiple coops. We have multiple realities. We have multiple timelines. I don't think it's out of the or, or out of absurdity for them to just converge here at this motel where randomly Coop and Diane just start fucking and it's like not nice fucking. It's like awkward style. Well, fucking. it's not meant to be nice. It's meant I think it's clearly meant to be awkward. 
Um, but well, like they're they're supposed to do this for some reason. Like this is part of it. But the right? interesting thing to me about that scene is she does not re- like react with any degree of surprise. It's like she knows that that person's there. Oh no! Yeah, she just looks at it and goes like, "Yep, there's there's another me." So I feel like if it was an alternate timeline, she'd be like, "What the hell?" But like, no, she's like, it's almost like she's expecting that version of herself. <clears throat> Well, she also doesn't want to go along with this plan, really. She's more hesitant at whatever they're doing. Like, Coop's all gung-ho about it. He's like, okay, we've, we're driving. I've driven exactly 430 miles. This is the place. Kiss me. They get to the motel. Like, I guess they're supposed to fuck to make whatever happen happen. And it's it's all awkward because Diane's like, what am I supposed to do? And Coop's like, come over here. Come over here to the other side of the bed. And it's just very mechanical and robotic. So, yeah, I don't... I don't think she's into all this mission, so I think maybe that's part of it too. Maybe she knows that it's like, I've done this shit before. See, I well, no, I think the reason she's not into it is the obvious reason. She still remembers the evil coop that raped her, so now she has to have sex with a guy with his face, and that's all that's coming. He, he up. did say, yeah, when um, when Na- uh, Naito turned into Diane, Coop specifically asked, like, "Do you remember everything?" So I guess that means she remembers. Everything, yeah, including when Evil Coop... So you think she's just hesitant to sleep with Coop because he looks like Evil Coop? Yeah, I think it's just bringing up those memories. That's why she's covering up his face. Because she doesn't want to look at him because it's the face of her rapist. But then why did they... Well, I guess I guess that's another reality now, I guess. Because when Naito turned into Diane... It seemed like they were former lovers, you know, like they weren't just work buddies. Well, it was imp- like they had like they a, implied a that when when the Tulpa Diane said we did it once before. Oh, I must have. Missed yeah, that. she said because that's I why she didn't seem it. it was th- think it was too strange when he kissed her because, oh, yeah, we did something once before. But then she realized something was wrong. And that's when it happened. When, yeah, when she's telling the story, she oh, okay. says that. OK, so all right. So I guess they're just really happy to see each other again in that moment. Yeah. But I think this is like... But not enough to fuck Well, because this clearly seems like there's some ritualistic element to this. Like, this is this is to cause something to happen. This is part of the plan. Yes. Yeah, Coop's not horny. Coop's not like, let's fuck. He's like, we have to go to this motel room and fuck. Which, is there a connection? Because, again, we're saying that this is Judy's world now. Is there a connection to that and the first episode where the, the two people fuck and then Judy attacks them? Well, when does... I guess he goes to the other dimension when they're driving. Or does he wake up in the other dimension? Well, I have a theory about that. I think they went... Okay. Because it's clearly... Because it's a different hotel room when he wakes yes. up. I, well, actually, I don't think it is. I think it's the same hotel room in a different time period. I think this is in the 40s. I guess maybe that would exp- uh, and that explains the music. My prayer when they're fucking, we hear the same the music from, from the f- yeah. episode eight. I think eight. they are in yeah. in maybe they're. I don't know if they're even in uh, uh, Los oh. Alamos or something. So they're listening to the radio broadcast of the Woodsman while they're fucking. Yeah. Okay, and I guess, I guess if you're fucking when the Woodsman says that, you'll go to the right timeline. Okay. Whatever. Well, no, no. Whatever here, well, here's well, here's my my thought on that. I think, I, I think that this was further alteration of the timeline to alter Sarah Palmer's fate, 
that that this this changes because remember this changes the trajectory of that bug i don't think the bug ever went into sarah palmer anymore after this because the, what they did distracted uh, the mother creature, just like because I think something about the sex lures the creature. Oh, because the, the they she killed the oh okay so she killed the oh all right so I think what they are what they're doing but here I, is luring the luring the creature away to alter its timeline in the beginning so that none of the shit ever happens so that it never right, gets fine, into because the idea is the bug that gets into Sarah Palmer is what lets lure, what lets Judy into the 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 Twin Peaks dream world because. Sarah Palmer eventually go, gets to Twin Peaks and lives there. That's what it's in our house now means. When, when the, the giant says it is in our house now, Judy is in the dream world of Twin Peaks. She, she found a loophole. She snuck in via the body of Sarah Palmer. All right. Well, I, these are all fine theories. Did you like watching Laura Dern and Kyle MacLachlan awkwardly fall? No, but again, I don't think I was supposed to. Yeah. I didn't. Well, I just didn't like it at all. I didn't like watching it. It just made me feel like I don't want to watch it anymore. But I think it. it and this was after they drove a long time in silence. Not really. It was like a couple of minutes. The, but yeah, to me, it just felt like. I mean, I, I was stuff was coming together for me a little bit. And again, this is all just my theories. It could be completely wrong, but at least it was validating the stuff I was already thinking. So that was exciting me enough to where, like. This was still interesting to me in the way that maybe it wasn't for you. Uh, no. Well, and also, I just... I don't know. I just... I'd seen it before, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this again. <laughs> but, yeah, after they fuck all awkward-like, um, Coop wakes up, and I... Like, my vague recollections of this episode, I was like, wait, is he, is he Coop, or is he another dude? But then he's definitely Agent Cooper here. He's calling for Diane, but he reads a note on his left on his bedside table... That says, I'm leaving you. I don't know who you are anymore. Richard, love Linda. So we finally got the Richard and Linda reveal that we've been waiting for. Which, what, okay, so what does that, that mean? Because you could say that, like, well, well go ahead. Because my interpretation of it originally was, he's forgotten the clues. The giant specifically told him. Remember these things. Four, three, zero, two birds, one stone. We heard two birds, one stone in episode 17. Cole specifically said, like, Cooper said he's going to kill two birds with one stone. So I guess he's already done that part of it. And he's already done the four, three, zero. But he forgot Richard and Linda. So I was like, oh, shit. He forgot a clue. That's why it's not going to work. Or maybe the reason he forgets is because it already didn't work. Whatever he tried to do. Well... The, okay, because here's, here's my thing. I think he wakes up in the present. This is the version of that hotel, however many years this is later. It's right. since been built up, and you know he's now in the same room, just different time. So, but he's still in Judy's world. I think, because I'm going like back to like two birds, one stone. Is the stone literally the big stone with Laura's face in it that was sent to Earth? Like, that's the stone, that the, and the two birds are... I guess Judy and Bob. I I don't know. I don't. I yeah. I have no idea what two birds one stone is. The only time he's ever mentioned it was when Cole was like, "Oh yeah, Coop said two birds one stone." Yeah, I don't know. So it almost felt like lazy. Like we have to throw that in. Yeah, so much of this, like especially episode seventeen, uh, just to harp, so much of it feels like. Fuck, we're at episode 17. We might as well start throwing this shit out here. And it's like, well, you knew. It's not like you're getting canceled. 
Like, it's not like the original series where it's like, oh shit, we're getting cancelled. We better wrap some shit up. It's like, we had 18 episodes, you planned this out. At the same time, though... It's just, it's disappointing. It's just very disappointing to me that, like, this is what we fucking got in these 18 episodes. The thing is, when you rewatch the original series, though... A lot of the giant shit ends up that way. Like, uh, that gum you like is going out of style. And then just the old man says it and Leland goes, yeah, I like that gum. And like, that's, like, that's true. And then uh, the smiling bag is just, a, you know, it's, it's all, you know, kind of bullshit, really. And so I, I don't necessarily have a problem with I that because that's just what it's always been like. He's just telling you things that are going to happen. You can't stop them from happening, but <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, Coop wakes up. He's like, Richard, Linda, I don't know who the fuck that is. So he goes driving around and he stops at a little diner that says, eat at Judy's. He pops in and then he beats up some fucking cowboys. And there's a white horse right in front of the fucking building. Oh, I missed yeah. that. No, this, that was the scene to me that was like, no, now I know what this is. This is Judy's world. It's, it's literally like there's a sign oh. that says, this is Judy's. This world you're in is Judy's world. Right. Um, or does it mean eat at Judy's? Where does everybody in Twin Peaks like to eat? Do you think Norma might be Judy? No. No, okay. Norma is Miss Twin <laughs> Peaks. She's literally a representation of Twin Peaks. All right. So, yeah, he goes in, he beats up some cowboys because he's looking for a waitress who's not there. So he gets the address of the waitress he's looking for from the other waitress, uh, throws some guns in a fryer and leaves. And then he shows up. Did you have anything more to talk about with the in the Judy diner. Not so much, except I do think this was also kind of this, uh, this scene in the diner where these cowboys are like molesting this waitress. And it feels like it's the first time that any of them have ever been told by anyone like, Hey, don't fucking do that evil shit. Cause like, this is Judy's world where evil has purchase, you know? So like you can just get away with shit like that. Coops from the world where goodness is still possible, this dream world of Twin Peaks. So that I, that all all that shit we've been seeing this season of like Twin Peaks seems wrong. There's more just this atmosphere of evil, the puking kids and fucking shit. You know, all of that feels like that was Judy's influence over Twin Peaks getting stronger, and this is where we see it completely. Wow. All right. I guess I I can go along with that interpretation. Um, but yeah, then Coop drives up to a house right next to the fire or the uh, electrical pole with the number six that we've seen before, and he knocks on the door and it's Laura Palmer. But it ain't. It's a lady named Carrie Page who just shot a dude. Which yeah, well, I'm, this I'm, I'm confused just because I don't know. Is this just? the body of Laura Palmer, or is this also the spirit of Laura Palmer? Does she remember Coop as the man who took her that she saw in her dream right before she disappeared, or does she not remember anything? Because it seems like she remembers the name Sarah Palmer, but she doesn't seem yeah, to remember she's, Cooper. She's, <clears throat> she starts to remember when he says Sarah. She's like, Sarah? Okay. And then, well, she goes along with him, not because of that, but because <laughs> seems like she's in a little bit of trouble. She, there's a dude on her couch with a hole in his head. And yet, and she's like, all right. An FBI agent comes by and she's like, yeah, come in. I'll, I'll go with you. And she doesn't even think to go like, that FBI agent might have an issue with the, the corpse on my chair. Right. <laughs> well, maybe she didn't do it. Maybe she's just waiting for someone to show up. Well, because when, when somebody comes by, she asks, like, did you find him? But we don't know what that's a reference yeah. to. As if she's waiting for something else. Uh, and who knows, maybe if this is Judy's world, like 
this shit happens all the time. Like, if the cops came and there was a dead guy on the couch, they'd be like, well, yeah, there's, like, a dead guy on every other couch in every other house. And, of course, you notice the white horse on her mantle as well. Yes, I did see, I did notice that one. I missed the one outside of the restaurant. Um, I think the idea is that Judy is just ever-present here, so you're going to see fucking white horses everywhere. All right. Um, but, yeah, then... Then the movie turns into Birdemic for about 15 fucking minutes. See, I liked this this stuff because, like, the just, the, again, the atmosphere of it, like, the headlights behind him just feels like eyes watching them and just, you know, the, the, the paranoia of, like, what's going to happen, you know? And, I mean, ultimately, it's kind of disappointing that it doesn't necessarily go anywhere, but as it was happening, I wasn't necessarily feeling like it was boring. I was feeling like something's happening, something's happening, and it just that it just doesn't pay off. Yeah, and it just it's it's fucking peanut sweeping. It's you're watching people sweep peanuts and then you're like, mm, some something's going to happen with those peanuts." Nope. See, the problem is you know that it nothing panned out, so it wasn't interesting to you as somebody who didn't know how it was going to go. It, it was still interesting to me. Right. It's like we're going somewhere, but yeah, I knew where the destination was and it was a big pile of shit. Well, I guess not See, the, really, but Well, again, for me, that gave me everything I wanted in terms of Chalfonts and Tremonts. Oh, no, I liked I liked the final scene. I just, if waiting so long to get there just kind of leaves me with, like, well, why did I have to watch all that other shit for this? Like, there's so much in this series that I'm like, why, why did we waste time here when we could have been do, exploring way more places? Well, that's, yeah, I, I keep thinking of, like, all the stuff that they, they could have gone into. But again, at the same time, it's like, what would that be? Like, Chet Desmond? Do I really need to see Chris Isaac come back? I don't know. Not really. You know, now, you know? I mean, I know, I guess I, he probably wanted to end it on a cliffhanger. But I'm like, why not, you know, dispatch of Evil Coop in episode 12 and then have four episodes of this shit, you know? Of us being in the well, I don't know. reality. I mean, I guess. Well, I, I, they've tied. I, I guess they have talked about doing a season four, haven't they? I not officially. Oh, I thought. I thought he has. I thought I read somewhere that he left it open. Uh, yeah, because I was reading. Because he's got a new show coming out on Netflix called uh, um, Unrecorded Night, and I, I was reading an interview with him, and he said that you know he's still open to to uh, to doing a season right. four. So I think he still has ideas in mind, presumably in this other world. Yeah, but did we need to see uh, Coop and Laura stop and get gas? I guess not, but <laughs> we probably didn't you know, need to it's see fine. that. Um, I mean, I guess it is interesting that it's a Valero gas station, which is, you know, something obviously from our universe and like not something you'd see in Twin Peaks. You wouldn't see a gas station like a an actual brand name gas station in Twin Peaks ever. Like you would go to Big and Ed's gas farm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm guess I, I guess. We're in Twin Peaks, but we're not in Twin Peaks. We're in a right. in the real world version of Twin Peaks. At well, this be, point. yes, because there's a couple things here which I know just from like a production standpoint. Um, they when they drive past the Double R Diner, it's not the Double R Diner we saw earlier. You know where we were talking about enormous fucking pies. It's the actual Double R Diner, so it doesn't have the Double R to go sign on it. Like that's how it looks in real life, not how it looked in the show we saw it as. And also, when they get to Sarah Palmer's house, uh, you know this lady who answers the door who's obviously not an actress? That's just the lady who owns that house. Oh, really? Like, in real life. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, I, you know, maybe that's not a direct hint that they are in our world, but 
it makes it seem like they are. If at, if you walked up and knocked on that house, that lady lives there. Well, yeah, but they... Wait, she's not... She is not... Yeah, no, because she's Tremond, though. Right. And we know that Tremond is that weird lodge entity who I believe is the mother. Because, the, 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 okay, what, what I think that creature is, that Chalfont Tremont version of that is, this whole, this mother creature, whole whole thing is getting inside your fucking house. She breaks into the world, and she wants to break into the world where hope exists, the Twin Peaks dream world. She wants to break into into human bodies via Sarah. That whole idea of like it's in our house now. It's banging on the the doors of the White Lodge trying to get in. It's and and I think Chalfont and Tremond that that's what that entity always did. It would always like kind of like almost like a a crab digging into like a shell another shell. You know they would like find itself in a house and then you'd show up and it'd be gone and be like yeah Chalfont used to be here and but I'm not Chalfont I'm someone else. Like it would it would always kind of leave its presence known that it got in that house. And that's all. That's everything. It's always trying to do. And this is, this is just sort of another semblance of that. Like, yeah, it was here as well. Okay, because um, yeah, the so Coop and Laura, or I guess Coop and Carrie Page, knock on the door. A lady answers, and they're like, "Where's Sarah Palmer?" She's like, mm, "Don't know what you're talking about." The lady who used to live here was Mrs. Chalfont. I'm Alice Tremond, which we know are both names used by Francis Bay in the original, the old lady in the original series and in the movie Fire Walk With Me. So, you're saying Frances Bay is the mother of all evil? I think that's her, like, like her spirit, like, lodge entity form. Right. Like, that's that's her when she's not, like, in, in the, either the fucking crazy monster or in a human body yeah. like Sarah Palmer. So that old lady and Bob were hanging out in the convenience store together and at no point were they ever like, hey, let's get it on now instead of... I don't think they knew each other. All right. I don't that's know. That's why, think... that's why none of this makes sense to me. Because I'm like, if fucking, we got fucking a, a demon in Sarah Palmer, a demon in Leland Palmer, and at no point were they like, hey, you know, I'm a demon. You Are you a demon too? But the thing is, remember, fucking Philip Jeffrey <clears throat> says, you've already met Judy. I think he's met her several times. I think he was fucking married to her and didn't even realize it. That could be true. Okay. Well, is he talking to Bob in that moment? Or I guess he is, yeah. I don't know, because that's another thing I want to, when we go back next week and talk about the whole series. Is Evil Coop always Bob? Or is it sometimes, because there's that scene in the prison where Evil Coop looks in the mirror, sees Bob and goes, you're still with me, good. So I don't think Evil Coop is always in controlled, being controlled by Bob. Much like Leland Palmer was able to break out and not be controlled by Bob at some points. Well, I think Bob is always on some level in control, but like most of the time Leland Palmer thought he was acting of his own accord and Bob would only take full control when he wanted to, when he wanted to kill, when he wanted to be evil. He would let Leland sort of, you know, kind of think he was in charge, but I don't think he's ever really in charge. And I think the same is probably true for Evil Coop. I think Evil Coop was always Bob on some level, but... You know, or maybe it was a different circumstance because he was a doppelganger and not a real that's person. What I, that's what I was just saying. Maybe it's just completely different when a demon's <laughs> basically uh, going into another demon rather than a demon going into a human. Um, yeah. All right, but yeah, then we get the the final moments of Twin Peaks. Up, or as of this recording, the last Twin Peaks footage. Uh, 
where after uh, the old lady or the lady who owns the house is like, don't know who Sarah Palmer well, is. But you before that, though, we got to mention she talks off screen to someone in the house. That's true. Which, what the fuck is that's got to be like her talking to like Judy, right? Or, or her talking to like, you know, or her talking to like the demon former. Because like that, isn't that the same thing? Doesn't Sarah do that when Hawk comes to the door? Oh, well, there's that noise off state or off screen. Yeah, I, I got it definitely saying like the same vibe there. All right. So that might be one we'll rewatch. Yeah, I, I think next week we'll live. I'll pull some clips too that I kind of want to rewatch now in hindsight. But still, like, all right, so let's talk about the final moments. Um, Coop's wandering around on the street and he just, he looks confused and he's like, what year is this? Sarah Palmer, or sorry, Laura Palmer is looking at the Palmer house, hears the whispers of Sarah Palmer going, Laura, Laura. The same sound we heard in the original series. She screams. All the lights in the house go off. And everything goes into darkness. And that's the end of Twin Peaks. Yeah. And I, I'm still not, I'm not entirely sure on this yet. Uh, but, I mean, obviously what year is it is the same thing Philip Jeffries asks in the flashback. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, so I don't know how much of that is literally where we're supposed to be asking that question. Or if we're supposed to just see this as... Coop is now Philip Jeffries. He's now on this weird odyssey, you know, if, if that's all it is, or, or if the timeline is actually supposed to be important in this case. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, my interpretation of it was a very, uh, you know, downer one, is that I think, I think I already said it, that Coop fucked up. Like, he didn't do it right, and he failed, and now he's just kind of lost in this universe Maybe he'll be able to work his way back out, but I think he's destined to kind of, um, you know, keep failing. And that's kind of the the way I've seen uh, Twin Peaks before this series as well. You know, because he's just, he's stuck in the Red Room. He's always going to be stuck in there. Like, there's no fucking way out. That's what I think happens when you go in that lodge. You're you're always in there. You're never going to get out. And he is just destined to repeat this vicious cycle. He'll be back talking to Mike eventually, and he'll do the whole thing over again. Well, maybe we saw one timeline where he succeeded, and that was the Twin Peaks timeline. But in this one, he failed. Well, I don't know. it's hard for me to go. The, the different dimensions are different timelines because I think because we see alternate timelines within the the Twin Peaks dimension. We see where. Uh, Pete didn't get to go fishing because he found a dead body and then we see he did get to go fishing because he didn't find a dead body so that all happened within that world you know I think all the stuff that happens in the Judy world is a completely different timeline it's every you know none of that stuff happened there so why did he have to go to this timeline Uh, why did he have to go to this timeline to save that's still that's what I don't well here's because here's my thing Judy comes to this world through the atomic bomb. The giant, the fireman, sees this, and he, he immediately goes, I know how to solve this. Laura Palmer, big glowing orb. I'll send this to, to stop it. How that works, we don't know. But I don't think it's a coincidence that he's like, I need to get Laura Palmer, the thing that represents that glowing orb designed to kill the evil, to the house where I'm pretty sure the evil lives. But by the, But something happened that he got there too late or too early. He didn't get there at the right time. The evil's not there. And he doesn't know why. He doesn't necessarily know what he did wrong. I don't necessarily know what he did wrong yet, but that's, I think that was the plan. The idea was Laura gets there, 
Laura's presence somehow will stop that evil. Okay, and maybe that's what Sarah Palmer was doing with the picture, is she was getting the fuck out of there? I think so, yeah. Okay. Alright, it's, again, it's... Alright, are you... Final word until we reconvene next week. Are you happy you got this? You know, I still am. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say I wasn't disappointed by the end of this, but the journey was still interesting enough, and I'm still... Talk to me next week and ask me that question, because I'm still kind of formulating all the stuff from these episodes, and how much of that conforms to what I was already thinking, and how much contradicts it. And I'm not even saying, like, well, I clearly know what happened, or, you know, I think I'll know what happened by the end of this process, but I don't know. I still, I'm still interested in trying to figure it all out. I'm yeah, not see, demoralized in that sense. I wasn't. Like, I going back to when I originally watched this, I I was getting bored in the middle, and then by the end I was like, all right, that's I'm that's it. I'm I'm kind of I I didn't have any interest in piecing this together. I was like, I guess that's just what it was. He went into an alternate reality or some shit. Like, I didn't understand it the first time I watched it. I did rewatch this final episode like two or three times to see if I could get it. And I was like, I think I understand what's going on, but I'm, I'm just like not interested anymore, which is weird because like after the original series, uh, when I first watched that, I was like, there's a movie. I have to watch the movie. And then after watching the movie a couple times, I was so excited for this season three, but I, I'm not really excited for a season four now. Like if this is all the twin peaks, I think I'll ever need I mean, yeah, that's the thing. If we never get a season four, I think this is enough for me. But I don't know. I, I, there was enough in this last episode that, I mean, I'm not going to go back and watch it again after I just rewatched it. And for the record, you're not under any obligation to fucking watch it again. If you're not interested, we could just watch fucking Doggone 2 next week. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not, what, what do you mean, watch it again? The series? We're not podcasting on the series. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm saying is... I don't want to do that. Because we were thinking of doing another episode to kind of wrap everything up and talk about our thoughts. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind doing that. What I'm saying is we don't even have to do that. If you just want to watch something else next week, if you're not enthusiastic about rewatching the original Twin Peaks over the next week like I did a couple weeks ago, we don't have to do that. Oh, well, no. I, I wasn't going to watch the whole series by next week to be prepared. I just wanted to like talk about these 18 episodes like again in hindsight because like there's stuff that we were talking about when we watched like the first second third episodes that are like way off so i think it would be fun to go back and be like all right now that we understand what tulpas are now that we know what diane was now let's revisit the series knowing how it ends you know like complete the circle yeah i'm kind of curious to listen back to those old episodes now and figure out where i was spoiled without realizing it because like i remember i'd heard tulpas somewhere because, like, I brought that up early on, and we didn't even really know what it was until later. I'm sure I must have heard that somewhere. Maybe maybe that was in the, the Twin Perfect one where they mentioned Tulpas. Because I, I was trying to skip around that to not get spoiled, but maybe I I inadvertently saw that. But, but yeah, I just... I don't know. I mean, this still intrigues me enough that if they announced a season four, I would still be excited. Would you not be excited about it if there was a season four? I mean, yeah, I'd fucking watch it. Of course I would. Because but I don't know how much that, enthusiasm that, I would I would have for it. That unrecorded night, it was, I guess it was originally called Wisteria Lane, and that that's going to have some Twin Peaksy connections. Alright, I guess I'll watch that. I don't know, man. I just... I don't know. <laughs> it's just this last episode, even though I really... I, 
I do like the ending. I like the ending of season two better. I like when Twin Peak when that's all of Twin Peaks we had. I liked that. And then when Firewalk with Me happened, I grew to like that. I like the ending of Firewalk with Me. I like ending Twin Peaks there. I don't know if I like ending Twin Peaks here. I don't know. I I think I, I'm looking at it more holistically. Just these last two episodes, yes. This is not the ending that I necessarily wanted. But this series, the ups and downs, fucking episode 8 and episode 16, and all the, you know, all the shit with fucking Tulpa Diane and, uh, you know, and all the shit with Evil Coop and Richard Horn and all that stuff. So I liked all, so much of that stuff you know, that I can't say I, like I, was, I was worse off for watching this. I liked all of this more stuff that we got, even if it didn't necessarily wrap up, wrap up as satisfyingly as I might have hoped. Yeah. Well, and then it's weird th- looking back on it in hindsight because, it, like, I think it was episode 16 where they go to the convenience store and meet Philip Jeffries. If you would have asked me when we first started rewatch when we first started watching this, do we see the convenience store? I'd be like, no, we see it in episode eight, like the outside, but we don't go inside. Because I, like, forgot that that happened. And it was my favorite part watching the series. Like, I loved that scene watching it this time. All I remember from watching this the first time, fucking Wally Brando fucking sweeping peanuts like that's what stuck out in my head the driving scenes you know where just they're fucking sitting in a car for 10 minutes that's what i remembered and i was like oh yeah that that's what twin peaks the return was it was a lot of just pauses just people not doing anything just staring at each other and then another scene would happen (laughs) but to me in retrospect because i'd heard about a lot of that stuff well i heard about the sweeping peanut scene and you know a lot of like the, the the doldrums going into it probably from you honestly but none of that really affected me and some of it i even liked i liked some of the awkwardness i liked wally brando <laughs> you know i so i like i was i was fine with that and that's not what characterizes it for me it's the crazy fucking it's the there's a mysterious box and a fucking monster comes out of it and eats these two people as they're fucking. And then a fucking, then episode eight with the fucking woodsman crushing the dude's skull. And, you know, Andy fucking talks to the fireman and gets his mind blown. You know, all this shit, the, all the stuff in the, the, the non-existence with the uh, no-eyed lady and the, you know, the machine and the weird sockets and everything. All that stuff is what, what, you know, comes back for me. And I loved all of it. Uh, I I could definitely come up with like a top 20 list of like awesome moments from Twin Peaks The Return. But I could also come up with a t- top 10 moments of things I just like fucking hated. And that's that will transition us to next week because that's what we're going to do next week. One last fucking Twin Peaks The Return. We're going to return to The Return. We're going to talk about the whole goddamn thing in hindsight. What we got wrong, what we got right. What yeah. we still well, one thing make any I, sense. I will say to wrap up though, like I could say the same for the original series. There's stuff in this show, The Return, that I like way better than anything that's come in Twin Peaks before. Again, episode eight's one example of that. And I could say, like, again, we talk about all the James shit, all the Donna shit, all the you know, all the shit from the original that you fast forward through to get to the good stuff. I feel like there's way less of that in this than there was in the original series. I, don't, I guess maybe it just sticks out in my mind more, but the whole right second now, half of season two is bullshit. <laughs> I know, the finale. but right now all I'm thinking about is that one episode that ended with James singing that fucking song, and now I'm thinking like, why was James even in this series? 
so he could show up at a bar, get punched in the face, sing a song, and just hang out in the background during See, the James fight is in Bob. this whole series for maybe 10 minutes at most. I don't know. All right. Anyway. Well, I don't know. I'm just... I'm kind of, I, last week, I was really excited. I remember being, like, really excited last week because episode 16 was so good. This... Yeah. I'm just kind of like, fuck, man. That's This is the end? All right. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I am mostly satisfied with the journey I took, just maybe not so much the destination. I mean, it's cool to think about what it means. I don't know. Like, you think about what it means, you know, you try to put all the pieces together. That part's fun. But yeah, actually watching it for me, I don't know. It was just like, this is the episode that Bob gets punched, and this is the episode where Coop and Laura drive for 30 minutes. Well, next week we will, of course, solve everything, and we'll come back with our definitive conclusion as to what yes. Twin Peaks was all about. Absolutely. We will have every question answered next week. Um, so, yeah, anything else before we get off the shed? I, I think that's it. All right. So, next week, one final fucking Twin Peaks geekathon. Oh, I'll, I'll actually, one more suggestion. Do you want to watch the, the Kyle McLaughlin SNL episode? <laughs> oh, I could watch that, maybe. Yeah, that'd be good. Just to have something else to talk about? Sure. I could watch that. Um, And then we have the Twin Peaks sketch in that that episode, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I could watch that next week. Bring it back to S. Transition back to S. Or end our our transition between Twin Peaks and getting back to SNL. Yeah, so I I say we do that. (laughs) All right, so until we see you again, get Get off the shit.